night, seen the sunshine since I don't know where I'm stuck in holes in prison. And time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps rolling. Yeah. Look who's in jail today. Hey. Hey. We're in the sports cave jail. I don't yeah. know. Welcome. Chad wakes up after a night of me laying in bed, <laughs> making people mad across the United States, and he's in jail. For some reason, what? I've been put in Facebook jail for the first time in my life, so I can't uh, can't post anything on my own page. I know the score, and then I run my daughter's soccer page, and I'm supposed <laughs> to live stream a game on Saturday, <laughs> and I'm in jail, and uh, we're kind of uh, we're all long. Yeah, uh, three days, three days. So it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. But there we go. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you didn't even so. do anything. Yeah, I don't know. And people tell me I probably got hacked or something like that. So uh, yeah, but that you shouldn't be putting for three days. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. We'll find out. So um, I got another admin that does the page as well. One of the moms for Lily's team. Oh, and, okay. I'll use hers for the U14 for the soccer game of that. So, hey, Mike's trying to get in right away. Should we let him in right away and have him join us or? Um, yeah, let me change my background first. Okay. Our guest today is Michael Cohen. Uh, Nolan, you got his his notes there, don't you? Uh, no. No. So he's, uh, <laughs> he forgot those, did he? <laughs> You're all buttered. No, my email. I read You're them, all... but. You were all butthurt about how he didn't send them to you. He only sent them to me. And I so then I sent them to you and then it doesn't get out. I got him here. Hold on. You got it. Okay. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him in. So uh I, I heard Michael at a Sherm conference, which is a HR conference last year. Uh okay. just a great guy. So we were um uh, he uh I asked him to be on our show and he said absolutely. So I'm gonna bring him into the room and then uh Nolan's gonna talk about what uh what he's done once we get him on here. So and you will too. Well, absolutely, I will. <laughs> so hopefully, he will show up here. And if he doesn't, we told him ten fifteen Central Time. But well, he's probably nice and punctual. He wants to sit in and see what we do. See what we do. We can certainly. And see. since he's a Philadelphia fan, my background. I'm gonna. There he comes. Yeah. The Mike Cohen. Yes. Not the one that. Uh, from president trump so he should be here there he is there he is <laughs> got, mute, got, your mute on. got your mute on got your mute on there my friend yeah definitely not that one okay there you go. gotcha, gotcha. Let, me, so, uh, let me just get my headphones connected here i want to okay hopefully let's see headphones. all right cool are you there and we're yeah, live all right is this does this sound okay it yeah, does. You, you sound great. great. You, sound you got great. a little bit better hair than Chad and I, but yeah, you got you got yeah. a little better. Hair. <laughs> so. Enjoy it while you have it, buddy. <laughs> Yo, don't even joke, man. Don't even joke. <laughs> yeah, you know, once you finally get, it's a, it, it's okay. My wife says you look great bald. I said, well, you have to say that because you're my yeah, wife. Yeah, she has to say that. What choice does she have at that point? Yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Exactly. Right. Right. Why on. are we? Why are we currently in prison? <laughs> oh well, let's. I'm just gonna have Nolan talk about you first, and then I will tell you what what my Facebook. I'm in Facebook jail right now. I didn't. I don't he even, he yeah, woke up so. this morning in Facebook jail. We're not. We're not 100 positive why. 
Happens to all of us. I'm yeah. sure it was nothing I did last night. Yeah. But... So Nolan's been Nolan's been complaining about the Lakers for the past few days not making the finals, and so he he's been you've been ripping mostly on the Heat fans, haven't you? And no, no, I've been. It's been basically Detroit Lions, basically. Well, but that's true too. <laughs> those guys. But Mike, um, as you can see in my background, um, I've I've been a little emotionally distraught since 2018 uh, with the double doink and. I'm just wondering, were you at the stadium yes, that day? Or I was not at the stadium that day. No, but I was watching, and and I have friends who are Bears fans, and you had best believe that there were all sorts of gifts and emails and texts. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it happens from time to time where you're reminded of such a thing, and then you just resend all of those things one more time. <laughs> I know. Look, and- we had... We had the, the the triple bounce in Philly in 2019 yep. with Kawhi Leonard, so uh, we got paid back. Yeah, no, that one still hurts. I mean, I'm still looking back at those days, and it's hurt a little bit, but I, I'm slowly getting over it. Chad start, counsels me every day, and yes. we're, we're pretty I mean, good. You gotta talk. You gotta talk through it. You do. You well, do. I just, absolutely. I just keep telling them the Bears suck, and that's all. <laughs> I mean, that's the only <laughs> thing I can really say. So. <laughs> No, do you want to tell a little bit about Michael's background? <laughs> well, yeah, you sent me a little bio on him. I guess we could have Mike kind of talk about it. Um, you you're kind of do you're kind of like Chad and I. We do more than just our full time job. We do other stuff. You obviously you're a dad, a husband, a coach as well. Um, kind of explain a little bit what you do and sure. what what makes Mike tick. Sure. So what I do for a living, I suppose, at least to make money, is I'm an employment lawyer. I've been practicing employment law for about 25 years. Uh, I do a lot of speaking uh, is sort of what I do these days, a lot of preventative work. But I travel all over the country talking to companies uh, about different kinds of best practices related to human resources. Uh, Over the last few years, what I really have done is narrowed that down to a a great deal to really focusing on workplace culture uh, and leadership and just, you know, unlike I think many lawyers, I genuinely dig what I do on a day-to-day basis. You know, travel gets old, uh, but outside of that, uh, it is just, it is incredibly gratifying and rewarding to do what I do, which sort of dovetails into the other part, um, aside from being a husband to just like the baddest ass woman on the planet, uh, and dad to two girls who similarly uh, share that bad acidness. uh, I, I'm a softball coach. Uh, I have had the opportunity to, I had the opportunity to coach my older daughter who just finished her sophomore year in college through her high school career. And now I'm enjoying what is a very, very different experience of coaching my younger daughter within the same organization through her high school career. So it, it's, you know, it, the plate is full, but all, you know, all of great things. Does your daughter pitch? Both of my daughters pit. My older daughter did. My younger daughter does because, as my wife says, uh, and I agree that they clearly hate us uh, because uh, there yeah. is nothing, you know, outside of being my nephew is a lacrosse goalie. So I, I feel like outside of that, like there's nothing worse. I mean, there's just just sitting and agonizing over every pitch, yeah. every game and you know it's just and I try not to be a lunatic and it's actually a lot easier not to be a lunatic when I'm coaching as opposed to when I'm just watching her play in school um but I have become what my dad was when 
I was a center field. I'm a lefty. So I was a center fielder for most of the, for almost all of my life. And I remember my dad who played college uh, baseball and college basketball would always sit down the right field line. <clears throat> and it was very clearly, it's clear to me now why he did that, which was just to stay away from the other noise and the noise that is devoid of logic or reason or yeah. any semblance of understanding of what's actually going on in the game. Uh, so now, it's, it, now with your daughter's pitching, have you ever got into the box? Have they struck you out or haven't you crossed that is, threshold to say, come on, daughter, let me hit a home run off you. I I'm trying to think if I ever, I've definitely not hit against my younger daughter. Um, I'm trying to think if I ever got in, I have to imagine I did at some point, but if I did or when I do, she so probably I, struck I can, you out. No, I'll a hundred percent. I will one hundred percent drag bunt. I will take it with <laughs> oh, me. There you go. As I go there. towards first base. Yeah. And if it's my older daughter, she'll literally throw the ball at my back as I reach. I was first. just gonna say she'd probably say, "Here, this is for the last sixteen years, Dad." Yeah. <laughs> no, right my younger kidney. daughter's way nicer. She is would. She? Okay. My older daughter'd make me wear it as I went down to first base. So, two questions come to mind, Mike, and I'll ask them. Yes, sir. As a coach, uh, you know. My daughter plays soccer. Uh, ref makes a bad call. Parents get angry, start yelling at the ref. Uh, Nolan and I have talked in this in the past, Nolan being a, a baseball coach. You ever just go up to parents and just tell them like, hey, calm down. You know, these guys are human. Or have you ever, you know, you said you kind of watched your daughter's games too. Have you ever been to that point? And I, I'll admit I got upset once and I was, my daughter looked at me like, don't ever do that again. I, I just got that look from her on the field. And so I'm like, okay, but yeah. And that's what has to be kept in mind at all time. It's the young women or the young men who are on the field at the time, uh, umpires, referees, lines, judges, you know, it, it, until you have done it yourself, there is no conceivable way you can appreciate how difficult a job that is. Now, right. there are some men and women who are doing this job who ought not be doing this job. They right. fundamentally seem disinterested. Um, and that's where I get irritated. Bad calls happen, right? And do we have parents who comment at, from time to time a little bit too much? We do. Overwhelmingly, uh, the organization with which I've coached, we've been, we've been blessed with really good and understanding parents. But there are times uh, where if we have parents who and this is my absolute favorite while I'm coaching third base or, you know, they've decided to plant themselves right behind third base. Uh, there have been times where I've had to turn around and say they're human, cut it out because, because they are human and I want the next call. Um, you know, I, I, and because. Uh oh, unstable. <laughs> oh, can you hear me? Oh, there he froze on us there, there for a second, Mike. It's usually Nolan that does that, but. <laughs> Uh oh two for two yep well we better keep talking well he'll be back I'm yeah sure. he'll be back he'll be back. he'll be back he'll have to figure out his wi-fi or yeah was that, but, but yeah i agree with him i mean he's as a coach yeah, you've had I've I've walked up to umpires before and go, hey, you know, sorry about Joe back there. He goes, ah, no worry, I'm not listening to him. But but they are. I mean, some of the stuff that's usually either yelled at them or it's not good. He'll be back. So yeah, and like that, I I think it's 
do you have a talk with your parents, Nolan? And I was going to ask that to Mike too. Mike, at the beginning of the season, like, you know, do you have like a a meeting with the coaches and the parents and the kids and say, Hey, this is what, or no, more? we, we haven't really been that bad. Um, we've had one or two that are a little flamboyant in the stands, but we've okay. never really had the big run-ins, the big blow-ups from parents or that usually happens. The, the big thing we have here is um, directed to the coach more than stuff on the field, as far as playing time and all this stuff. We've got, we've got a couple that just don't understand the, the concept of, you know, we're at varsity level sports, it's win time. And, you know, you know, back in seventh and eighth grade freshman, that's everybody's plan mm-hmm. because you can't start benching a kid in seventh grade because usually seventh, eighth, ninth grade, this is when they're getting better. Sophomore year, you kind of know, Hey, this kid's going to be good. And yeah. usually at the freshman sophomore level, you're like, you know, the kids usually start to realize, ah, you know what? basketball isn't for me or baseball isn't for me but sure i don't know it's we probably don't want to talk too much on that subject till he gets back but right right let's uh let's trying to get in uh not that i see yet but i'm gonna just shoot him another invite i think maybe that'll help get back in this is my first home run ball back in no i'm just kidding yeah it's got a baseball laying around well that's who you are Yep. So mm-hmm. later on in the broadcast or in the podcast, we're going to have our top six sportscasters. Right on. Right on. Six-ish. <laughs> the, the six pack. Yeah. Yeah. Six. Yeah. The top six packish. Yes. Gotcha. But and, I did cheat. I did do a couple broadcast teams. Which is, and we talked about that yesterday, which is fun. Yep. Because uh, I think the, the two that I picked, um, one of them probably wouldn't be as good without the other. I mean, on their own, because I know one of them went on to do other sports and just wasn't as, you know, as good as with their partner back in the day. So, yep. So, and I don't know who you're talking about, but did you like, well, we'll we'll save that for, for that conversation there. So let's, let's talk about our good old fashioned NBA playoffs while we wait for Mike to get back and uh, nuggets. I I think a sweep's coming. But you, you feel the sweep coming for the championship? Yeah, I feel the sweep's coming. Jimmy's going to try, but I, I think, uh, yeah, I think the Nuggets are just too, Jokic, just too powerful, man. Even, yeah. I mean, the mediocre night he had last night as far as shooting, he still had a triple-double, but he only shot the ball 12 times. He was 8 of 12. Okay. So you give this guy 22 shots like he should shoot. Yeah, so I just got an email from Michael. He said his Wi-Fi cut out. He's trying to get back on and get in. So, okay, it's probably the jail thing that's probably getting to him. Which, which, yeah, that Uh, that happens. It happens. But yeah, NBA. Um, you know, you never know. They might win one in Miami, but I I think they'll go up two zero going down to Miami. They may steal game three or four, but it'll be over in at least game five back in Denver. All they right. might want to win it in Denver too. So they Dude. might say, you know, when they're up three zero, Hey, let's let these guys win. Let's get back to Denver so we get can celebrate. Do yeah. you really think people do that? I mean, for honest. sure. For huh? sure. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I don't know. If, yeah. That's, that's an interesting thing, man. That's, it is. I mean, 
I, I, I can see it because you want to win it in front of your home fans and stuff and uh, all that good thing. So, yeah, okay. I So we're at the point. Do you think Miami's the best team that came out of the East? No, no. No. I still think Boston, uh, well, Milwaukee, obviously, but I still think Boston was probably – I'd never seen two guys go into such a slump as I did with the Celtics with – Tatum and Brown. Well, Tatum obviously got hurt first minute of the game or whenever it was. Right. But Brown, I mean, he did not look good at all. And I don't know. I I think Boston was probably the best team, but I think Lakers were the best team in the West and they never made it to the finals. So well, there you go. I was you know I was gonna ask you. you, Are the Nuggets the best from the West? They are, yeah, they are. Yep. And just kind of seeing what happens. Yeah. Sweep in the in the finals, though. That's kind of tough. You know, you know it, it is. Yeah. Happen. I always look at it too as um I just just imagine the the money that is lost on a sweep. You Girl, know what I mean? I mean yeah, probably, there's there's millions and millions of and maybe even billions of dollars. If if it goes four oh, you've just missed your opportunity for two extra games and I I think just one game, you look at the price of tickets, you times that times 40,000 on average, 30,000 of them are all going to get a beer. Yeah. All of them are going to get a hot dog and you know, the prices of those. So you get a $10 beer. That's one beer for every person in the stadium is pretty damn good money. Right. No, I get you. I get you. I get you. He's still trying to get on, so. Uh, and uh, what are we doing, uh, NHL? Um, Panthers that- and Golden Knights, they yep. start up tomorrow. They're dropping the puck tomorrow in Vegas. Are we flying down this afternoon still, or are we going to cancel I, it? Uh, I am not. I, I oh, will okay. be heading west tomorrow, uh, but only Don't- to Fairmont. Only to Fairmont, Minnesota. Oh, I'll just say, don't say you're coming to Lemon, South Dakota and not calling. No, nope, nope, not doing rude. that. That would be rude. Don't worry. Yeah. So should I, is there a way for him to, could you do it over the phone like we used to do it and then have us talk and would his phone coverage be good or should, what, what do you want to do? Well, you'd have to hold his phone up to the mic. I think it would, I think it would work. We could try it. Yeah. I will text you his. I think you have the better microphone than I do right now because I'm in a oh, different. Oh, okay. Putting put all the pressure place. on me, huh? Yeah. Well, I got you. You got it. You got it. I'm gonna give you. I'll text you his cell phone number and then. Uh, we'll so, just... who are you going with, Vegas or? Uh... Yeah, I think Vegas will take it. I really do. I think Vegas is the one that uh, can. And uh, again, I think I talked about it on our last one. Here it comes on a text for you, there, buddy that we talked on our last one, like Vegas has only been in the year for a few league in it for a few years. Yeah. And it, uh, they've just kind of <laughs> stumbled and fumbled and rumbled, you know, and here's the wild state of hockey. And they're just kind of crazy, not getting where they need to be. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. And then uh, you, uh, go ahead. You, I was just going to say, you need to learn how to share contacts. Oh, I don't have now. I, now I got to write it down. Now I so gotta I don't dial have it. it in my contacts, like my phone contact. Well, let's not tell Mike that. Okay. <laughs> now you're gonna have to tell us how he sounds now. Okay, I can do that. You are 
call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Well, it works. It's It sounds great. <laughs> I can hear it perfect, but... Let me try again. Yeah. He's probably trying to get in on his phone, would be my guess. Can you hear that all right? The ring? I can't. Can? I can't. Not the ring. Oh, he's he's entering right now. <laughs> oh. oh, love it. So he's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is. Very We're go. shining today. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, all right. Can you hear us, Mike? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike <laughs> Cohen. <laughs> We're gonna put you in so, Facebook. We're gonna put you in podcast. Uh, no relation serious. to Tariq Cohen, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, you mean my cousin, cousin Tariq? So yeah. I, we are. I'm actually at the beach. We rent a place down here, and the Wi-Fi has been fine until today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I am on my daughter. My older daughter's down here with me, and I am on her phone's hotspot. So, oh, hopefully, there you, go. Should, you should be good. All right. So, so we I were... apologize. Profusely. No, no, you're fine. We've done it before. It's uh, usually Nolan's the one that's unstable. He blames it on his internet, but I yeah. just said it's him. So it's... yeah, usually there'll be some. I'll be like this here, and <laughs> yeah, and then he yeah. makes fun so of I me think... for 15 minutes, and it's yeah. you know, it's all good. <laughs> I think we we ended with my yelling at my parents to stop uh, yeah criticizing the the umpires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, yeah. and it, it does it does happen. We're again we're super lucky. Um, but when it happens, because they're humans, they you know it has to stop. And Chad, have I done it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I got a and it again. It almost invariably uh, relates to balls and strikes, right? No, okay, it's just, gotcha. and it's just yeah. so hard. But it's so hard. It's so hard. Well, you know, and and I do uh, I do play by play sports for all the sports. And when my oldest son, Jacob, was going through, he was a seventh grader. And once I get in the seventh grade, now it gets serious because now it's starting to it's wind time now. And I remember sitting down on the baseline without my headset on. Now I'm in dad mode. And halfway through the first quarter, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sitting here going, hey, that's foul. It's like, hey, you know, I'd rather have a headset on and not yelling and all that, but I mean, as a fan, when, when you've got somebody in the race, it's, Oh, sure. You, you get your blinders on. I mean, there's yeah. some people that can't take the blinders off and say, you know, my kid isn't that good, but. Yeah. And, and that's the reality, isn't it? Yeah. No, they're all not they're If you know, if they'd all be going to college for this they'd all be going pro if they were right, as good right. as many of the parents believe them to be <laughs> and and you know as a coach um and i was actually having this conversation last night with my with my other daughter's boyfriend and i was saying to him that you know the softball part of it is so far down the list on my responsibilities um it, you know and, and i coach young women and the organization for which i coach it's sponsored by Major League Baseball, and it's all about revitalizing baseball and softball in inner cities. So right. the young women whom I have the opportunity to coach, uh, if they go to college, 95% of them will be first generation in college. 
Uh, they are young women. Many of them are young women of color. And if I don't talk to them almost on a practice by practice basis about the importance of being able to advocate for yourself as a young woman, being able to share your voice as a young woman of color, then I haven't done my job. Um, and that really, you know, again, the softball part of it's the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, there are so many other things that are so much more critically important than actually teaching them how to get a bunt down the right way. Sure. Sure. And, and Mike, when you were, when the Wi-Fi went on on you there, Nolan and I were just kind of talking about, how about you as a coach, you know, when the parents come after you, what do you like, are you like, Hey, this, you know, I mean, I did I mean, to me, I just coaching my daughter's rec league soccer. And I had a mom said, my daughter can play. And I'm like, no, oh, she hit her head. She's kind of showing symptoms of a concussion. You really want to, you really yeah. want to worry about having to take her to the hospital afterwards. And she like came and yelled at me. I'm like, why, why would you do that? Yeah, I've been, I've not had a parent come at me in terms of those, in terms of those things. I have heard because my wife comes to many of the games and she has shared with me <laughs> things that parents have said. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, how stupid are these people? First yeah, of right, all, right. My right. wife, Jamie is sitting right there. Uh, but I have had situations where again, those chirping decide to sit right behind third base. It, it happened in a tournament last weekend where I finally, and I probably shouldn't have done this, but I turned around to a couple of the dads and I was like, I, I got this. And that was it. And yep. then it happened again on Sunday and I just kind of ignored it. Uh, what I won't tolerate is if I hear parents going after other coaches, I, I can handle it. I'm not worried about it. Yep. Uh, most of the other coaches we have are young, younger women. And, uh, you know, sort of as an ally from a gender perspective, I, you know, and they can handle themselves, but I don't know that they're as comfortable basically telling parents, you want the job, take the job. Uh, whereas I have absolutely no problem. We, and again, guys, we are incredibly lucky with the parents that we have had. Had there been issues? Sure. Because yeah. it's parents coaching, you know, it's parents in youth sports, but overwhelmingly we've been really lucky. I mean, there's certain, and we have like, I'll have a parents meeting at the beginning of every season and I'm, I'll tell them there are certain non-starters. I will not listen to you criticize a kid. I will just simply will not. You want to mock your own kid, have at it. But I will not listen to you, you know, criticize another player on this team. I will not listen to you have a conversation with another parent where you are questioning decisions. And I remember when I, when I started coaching in this organization, um, I was when I started in this organization, I was not a coach. My older daughter started when she was 14, played for another organization for a couple of years before that. It moved that that organization moved further away from our home. She was starting her freshman year of high school and academics are first, second and third. Mm -hmm. And basically had a conversation with our older daughter, Mia, and said, this isn't going to work. You know, you still want to play field hockey. You're playing softball. Grades come first. And this just isn't going to work. So she ended up going to this other organization where she ended up playing for four years. And I had this woman, Carla Hudson, who's become one of my best friends in the world and sort of one half of my brain. Uh, I remember she she's sort of the liaison between the Phillies and the organization. And she I remember her talking to the parents first year and, and talking about things like we're going to do things that you fundamentally do not understand. And she was talking to the parents. And I remember sitting there thinking, 
like I've played baseball my whole life. You know, I've coached these girls until now. Like there aren't going to be stop and there are there were things that went on that i just because i'm not a pro i wasn't at practice every day sure. you know i don't know who can button who can't bunt. i don't know notwithstanding the way a girl looks that while she may not be the fastest girl on the team she hits corners and flattens out better than anybody on the team so and there fundamentally are things that we do as coaches that parents just don't understand because a they don't comprehend the game well enough and or b they're not around so and you mentioned it's it's funny you mentioned uh when your wife sits into the stands. Yeah. My wife is my wife no longer sits in the stands because of this. Yeah. And but but I think parents know who your wife is. I mean, yeah, they're sitting two rows up, and, and my wife's like, you know, so and so uh was pretty upset with you tonight. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, Oh, yeah, they were saying this and this. I'm like, Well, they knew you were within earshot, so now you're gonna go home and tell me. Yeah. You're going to rile me up and then my, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. So <laughs> I I've gotten over that, but it comes to a point we've, I've had issues the last three years with a certain parent. Um, and it's, it wears on you. I mean, it's every year you think, God, do I want to coach? And I, and I've used the speech before in the outfield when, you know, if we're losing um, kids aren't really caring, they're not having fun. It's like, you know, we were in Hazen, which is two and a half hours away and didn't show up. I mean, we were yeah. played horrible. There was no fire. There was nothing. I went out. I'm like, guys, I could have been sitting on my couch with my wife and kids, but I yeah. chose to coach you because yeah. I love the game of baseball. And I, and I don't think parents realize that they just think it's just another job. They're thinking, oh, coach Dix is doing that just because he has to. Well, you know, no, I don't have to. And Mike, you don't have to coach but somebody has to step up and coach these kids or nobody's going to get any playing time. And, and I think the lack of understanding of the amount of work that it takes, you know, parents see, Oh, okay. You come to practice and you go to the games. Yep. And that's the easy fun part, mm -hmm. right? That stuff's right. great. It's the phone calls with other coaches. It's in my case, the phone call with a woman by the name of Monica Clark, who actually works for the Phillies, who I talked to, daily it's hours and hours and then it's agonizing on saturdays how do i care i got three games on a saturday how am i going the playing time is not going to be completely equitable but on saturdays everybody's got to play at some point right, right, right i mean these but and then we get to sunday and sunday's winning time and some parents just they don't, don't get it get that and and Look, going back to the comments about about the your wife and the stands. I had we had a game we had a game this past Sunday. Went two and one on Saturday. Had a game Sunday. Played a team that was better than we were, um, and we were close. And I think we were down four two in the fifth. And uh, one of our girls got on. She's not a particularly fast runner. Had a girl sitting on the bench uh, who was our fastest runner on the team. Put her in. Um, and we, our nine hole hitter was up and she's a good bunner. Uh, and I'm a huge, huge fan of small ball to begin with. Um, so I had her bunting, did not give the runner on first base the steal sign because catcher had a hose. And I was thinking, even with this girl who's super fast on first base, catcher's going to throw her out by 10 feet. It's just, she, her, her arm was phenomenal. Didn't give the girl the steal sign. Um, my batter bunted, you know, missed the bunt, whiffed on the bunt. 
and the girl stole second and she got thrown out by about 15 feet and i heard and i heard all the parents in the background you know i hear them i can't believe i can't believe he sent her i can't believe she was stealing and she, she wasn't stealing at least i didn't give her the sign but there ain't no way a i feel like i need to justify myself sure to the parents or b that i would that i would ever throw one of the players under the bus sure sure you know, and yeah. i've seen things like that before where coaches i didn't i didn't give her the sign like get out of the business of coaching yeah. right that's yeah. not how this works right and you, you know, go and, back and, to the dugout and the kid probably comes up to you and go coach did you give me the steel sign yeah. uh, no i didn't yeah, she, okay she, now she, that we got that taken care of but i'm i'm glad i'm the only coach that not the only coach that gets this same it happens to a lot of coaches. It does. Sure it yeah. does. And 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 it hurts because you care. It hurts because you put the work in. It hurts because all you're trying to do is make these young athletes better players and better people. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And, you know, honestly, you know, Nolan, when you were telling the story about the one kid who's got the parent that's a pain in the ass, honestly, I stopped taking that kid on my team. I, I, and, and I'll have conversations with – and we've had conversations in the organization – with the players where we will tell them here's what's going on if it doesn't stop we love you but we're not going to put up with this anymore there's nobody that's that good for me that i will tolerate because it becomes toxic sure because yeah, sure. it almost never stays with just that one parent right so yeah. that's like a, oh go ahead yeah. no, I'm sorry. well i was just gonna say i've yeah, you've you've struck a chord here this morning. I could uh, I know this is going to go out to a bunch of people, and I it yeah. I mean, it's when when it hits home, and you like you said, it gets toxic. It does um, because every kid on your player knows or on your team knows. Hey, his dad called. Those two aren't getting along. So now it's like if you were going to give him a chance, you do well. He's only playing because his dad called. So that's yeah. that's another part of the problem where all of a sudden you've got these. I mean, I actually had a parent that it was pushing and probably still is to get me suspended one game. And I'm like, all right, well, what what's what's the suspendable offense? And the seven reasons he gave were not even close to being suspendable offense. And it was kind of stuff we talk about. Um I got a kid thrown out at home plate. That was one of them. Um, stuff like that. I mean, it was just, it was, it was laughable stuff, but obviously I didn't want to say it to the parent going, you know, this is laughable. Um, we don't talk basically. It's, it's, I think we've come to an understanding where you just go talk about me over there with the people that aren't listening to you and just stay away from me basically is what yeah. it is. So. And, and I don't mind criticism when it is in fact i i encourage constructive criticism when yep. i do something wrong none of us is perfect and when you're talking about baseball or softball or soccer or whatever the sport is when you're coaching you don't have time to think um you have instinctually you have to know and now obviously you're thinking ahead right you're trying yep. to predict what might happen but we we screw up you yeah. know it I, I remember a couple of years ago i had the outs wrong you know, I'm, I was coaching first Did base that this year. 
<laughs> and I had the, I had the outs wrong, and I sent a girl, and she got doubled off first, and it was humiliating, and I felt horrible because I felt horrible for the girl because she felt bad, but it wasn't her fault. It right. was entirely my fault. And guess what? Something like that is going to happen again at some point. I got got called out this last weekend. <laughs> one of the things you one of the things that I find when I started coaching. Uh, the most difficult part was not watching, uh, right? Not watching what's going on, but trying to predict and make decisions. And it's particularly difficult when it's your kid, right? So my younger daughter, whose confidence with hitting is, you know, it, it fluctuates. She got a huge hit in the second game of our tournament on Saturday. And I forgot about the runner who was on second. There was a runner on second who I sent and who scored. But the runner on first was at second, and I got too excited. And I forgot <laughs> about the runner on second. Yeah. Because I, cause I'm a human being, and before I'm a coach, I'm a dad. Yeah. And I do my best, and, and that's the first time something like that's happened, at least that I'm aware of, or at least that I got caught doing. Because Carla, who was sitting in the stands, who I mentioned earlier, was cracking up. And she <laughs> told me about it after the game. And it didn't end up costing us anything. But we're people. Yeah, man, like, you know, and, and here's the other part. We're good at being dads because if we weren't good at being dads, our sons and our daughters would say, go away. Right. They wouldn't right. want us involved from a coaching standpoint. And that is not to say if your kid doesn't want you in a coaching standpoint that you necessarily are a bad dad. But, you know, one of the thrills of my life has been the fact that my daughters in their teenage years have wanted me around coaching. Yeah. So I, like I screw up, but I, I'm hoping it's not that bad or else they, you know, dad, like, this is cool, but like, let's let somebody else give it a shot. Yeah. I haven't had that conversation yet. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. Just uh, switching gears. Uh, yeah. You know, like I, I was talking about that. I had, uh, I was privileged enough to see you speak at the Sherm conference in Minnesota last fall uh trying to get nolan to watch ted lasso he watched the first episode he's he's not he's uh, i'm in limbo right now yeah don't, don't be in limbo subscribe for the buck 99 it's huge money for him so but the uh, series is over now you can binge it all in one month i yeah. know <laughs> so it's it's a great show um took a lot away from that from that uh presentation that you gave I, personally i meant not just because you're here i was the best one that i was at in that whole oh, conference thank you. So kudos that. to you for that um, thank you. My, my goal at someday mike is to get to that stage but so playing a lot of sports growing up being nervous with you before you go on stage are you just like butterflies all over and like man I'm, i don't want to mess up i don't want to do this i don't want to do that or yeah so it, it's such a great question and you know i i always tell my younger daughter who gets more nervous than my older daughter uh before games uh you're nervous because you care right you're nervous because it matters now let's figure out how we're going to harness that energy sure in the yeah. most positive way possible uh i care deeply about what i do i love what i do i take great pride in what i do i have a great deal of passion overwhelmingly i don't get nervous because i'm prepared uh, I know the material. I know in most presentations that I give, 
within an inch of its life how long it will be. If I have 60 minutes, it will run 60 minutes because I know where to make up time in the air. I know where to cut if I have to as we're going through. There are a couple of talks each year where, yeah, butterflies do <laughs> happen. Um, so one of them is, uh, so where, Chad, where, where you saw me speak was the Minnesota State Sherm Conference, where I think- Yes, I sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, in the next, in mid-June, will be the Society of Human Resources Management Annual Conference in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. I, so I'm doing two different sessions there. One of the sessions I'm doing there is what they call a mega session, which will be a couple of thousand people in the room. I get a little nervous before that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a big room. It's a lot of people who I don't know, uh, but I'll be prepared. So once I'm up there, it's go time. You know, yeah, there's right. it's it's all good. Uh, so overwhelmingly, I don't because it's a craft that I've worked on very, very hard for the last 17 or 18 years. And the material that I'm presenting on. I'm comfortable with and I feel knowledgeable about. And if I don't, you know, I got to get off the stage. Right. But well, well, yeah, I, I compliment Chad because um, we're on episode five. 18 now we're, we're building yes. yeah. and uh you see how relaxed chad looks and how he does go back <laughs> and watch episode one when yeah. i introduce him yeah was... this guy's got a radio voice that just pops out it's just like <laughs> and then it like vanishes after about three minutes he's yeah i fully admit so... i was nervous but and michael i've been in front of maybe a hundred people and speaking and i was just just uh you know but thankfully people have told me that i've got a little bit of sense of a humor and and you do as well you made us all laugh and i think if thank you for me it's just once i get that first laugh i think people are a little bit more relaxed and that makes me a little bit more relaxed and of course kind of gets me rolling but uh yeah, yeah so when you but when you when you have comfort that you have the room everything flows a lot more easily doesn't right. it I mean, it's just, you worry, it gets hard sometimes in those larger rooms where they're professionally lit and you can't really see outside of the first couple of rows, you can't really see the room. So it's hard to gauge the reaction. Uh, and as somebody, you know, as a speaker, you feed off of that. Right. Right. Uh, so that does get a little bit harder, but yeah, man, if you're like, if, if you're not comfortable doing it, if you're not doing it a lot and you're not getting nervous, then I wonder how much it really matters. Yeah, sure. And, and I, I have been to seminars and people that it was just like, really, that's all you got? I mean, come on, yeah. make, you know, I mean, and, and, and do it. So um, I've got a couple friends that are going out to Vegas. So I'm going to tell them to uh, please to, awesome. to, to go to yours. And so you'll have, you'll have those thousand people there. And you'll just be like, oh. and please encourage them to heckle. Okay. Well, that was, that was one of my questions. What do you do with the heckler? Do you do anything? Oh, I, love, I love it. I mean, it doesn't uh, happen. It doesn't happen. I mean, in I'll reality, sit right behind yeah. third base, Chad, <laughs> right. They all sit straight. They're chirping in my ear. That's where the heckling really happens. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I was going to say at an HR conference, I don't think you're going to get heckled too much. Maybe, yeah. you know, Vegas is a different than, uh, than Shakopee, Minnesota. Just telling. I don't look, man, maybe they roll in at, you know, 8.30 in the morning and they haven't been to bed yet. I don't know uh, what's going to go on. None of my business. 
Yeah, they I just put all their money on the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. It could be a rough morning, you know. Yeah, that that yeah. indeed would be a rough morning. Oh yeah. gosh, you guys, you guys. So we gonna you want to jump into sportscasters or what? <laughs> or do we want to talk? I was just gonna talk. Just let up. He's got a little Ted last. I what? What have you oh, learned? Yeah, let go. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. was my. So you know, I, I just posted oh, something on like yeah. Yeah, I, I just posted something on LinkedIn yesterday because I I still have not watched this, the series finale because my wife, Jamie, and I watch every episode together and I was traveling and we'll be together tomorrow night. And we'll watch it tomorrow night. So I don't know how it ends. I know I'm going to be crying. Um, and it started out as this sort of little thing for me that was a smile during COVID. It was, you know, you were looking for anything right, to right. feel sort of the sense of purpose and the sense of joy. And morphed into really lessons for me as a lawyer, as a coach, certainly as a husband, as a dad. Um, there's so much to consume from that show. And there, you know, there's just so many little moments. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it's a masterclass in leadership. It, if, mm -hmm. you know, I've stolen more from Ted Lasso from a coaching standpoint than from anybody else that I've ever observed uh, because he understands the power of empathy. He understands the power of kindness. He understands when you need to get on a player and how that person will react as opposed to somebody else. You know, I was one of my favorite uh, moments from the show was when they did the Allen Iverson practice rant ripoff. Uh, and it, I read an article about it and Jason Sudeikis said that he had never seen it before and he didn't know about it. And if you go back and watch, he did a phenomenal job. It wasn't like verbatim word for word, but it was close. And what I took from that more than anything else was, you know, the target of that rant was Jamie Tart, who was the most talented player on the team, but who didn't always work hard. And he knew as a coach that if he was going to get the most out of Jamie, he was going to have to unload on him a little bit. Whereas Sam, what you dealt with differently. And, and you know, it, it all comes back to me. I, I heard a podcast with Larry Brown at the beginning of the pandemic. And Larry Brown, as we all know, coached the uh, a number of different teams. But for me, most importantly, coached the 2000-2001s uh, Philadelphia 76ers who went to the NBA Finals and lost to the Lakers uh, after stealing game one and then lost the next four games. But LB said during this interview, they were talking about his coaching Iverson and who was, I think we can all agree and you can disagree, but you'll be wrong. Pound for pound, the single greatest offensive player in the history of the NBA. Um, pound for pound, the single greatest offensive player. I'm not saying the best player. I'm saying pound for pound. Uh, and they asked him how he more than any other NBA coach was able to get so much out of Iverson. And the answer he gave was exactly what Ted did which was I treat everybody fairly, but I don't treat everybody the same. I treat everybody fairly, but I don't treat everybody the same, which is such a massively important lesson from a coaching standpoint. And if you translate it to what I do on a day-to-day -day basis from a leadership standpoint, you know, Absolutely. and then, right. And then take it to coaching. Like I know when I coached Mia, when I coached my older daughter, we had a deal. If I called her by her, uh, if I called her by her last name, if I got, if I laid into her using her last name, it had nothing to do with her. 
I was talking to the other girls because if I could lay into my own kid, everybody else would pay attention more. And I laid into Mia more than I laid into anybody else. If I called her Mia, I was pissed at her. Gotcha. Yep. And I don't do that with my younger daughter because they're very different kids. They take on very different roles on the team. If I treat Maddie, my younger daughter, the way I treat Mia, it's not going to work. If I treat Maddie, my younger daughter, the way I treat Kaylin, the way I treat Casey, the way I treat Emily or Ari, I'm not going to get the best results. You take that into a workplace, you better know as a leader what motivates your people. And Ted got that. Right. Fundamentally, he understood how to lead. And they're like, you know, Chad, there were a million moments, right? Be a goldfish. Yeah. You know, taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse. If you're do, if you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. You know, be curious, not, not judgmental. I mean, there's so many different things that he talks about in the course of a 30 or 40 minute dramedy that have such massive and important application to what we do on a day-to-day basis. Right, right. I, and Mike, I can, came back to my organization and just took those lessons. And there were some folks that were just struggling. And I used your, used your message through Ted Lasso to say, you know what, we've got these different folks here. Maybe you need to, and it, it is simple, you know, it is simple. We're all human and we all want to be treated fairly, but again, we have to treat people differently. And no one's a girl dad of two. And as am I, I've got two daughters and they're totally opposite of each other. You know, Lily Rose, my youngest is, she is the, I'm going to take that girl down. I'm mad. I'm just going to, and my oldest daughter, Gracie, 19, she's probably the nicest girl you've ever met in your life. Not saying yeah. Lily's not nice, but when I it's, get it. You put cleats on our, this gal and shin guards, she is ready to destroy you. And Nolan, I don't, between Gabby and Izzy, is that is that a, the same thing? Oh, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Yep, definitely. Yeah, Gabby's uh, kind of laid back, wants to please everybody type of thing. And uh, she keeps asking me, she goes, why didn't I get some of that athletic talent that Izzy has? And I said, hey, it happens. You're, you're a different person. I mean, and, and you have to have that talk with your – and it's tough when you have – somebody that's athletic and somebody that's not athletic, but to the same point of you also bring something to the team rather than just scoring 25 points a night. Hey, you're bringing a, a girl that's struggling. You went up, pat her on the back, which not too many girls or boys will do that. Right. If you can go up and say, Hey, hang in there. Uh, you'll score more points. And, and I think that's where Gabby's at. Um, she struggles with sports, but you know, I think she knows it, but she's there to, push the other girls and Izzy's yeah. who's a fifth grader. We just got done with uh, some Optimus tournaments and man, the, the growth from last year, beginning of the season to the end of this year. And it's just like the expectations are there, but I've also been around this area for 25 years, 30 years. And there's, you know, there's a lot on girls that we we've had a team that was an Optimus team in sixth, seventh grade winning everything. Just killing everybody. Hey, this team's going to state in five years. Well, in four or five years, they're barely getting into the top four in the region. And it's just like, why? Well, there's coaching. There's there's boyfriends. There's uh, teenage everything. girls become teenage girls. Exactly. 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 So, yeah, there's I think every family has that. Uh, same with my boys. I had a I have a 23 and a 21 year old, two kids opposite of the spectrum. One 
One would be just happy to be sitting at home watching Netflix play an Xbox. The other one, social butterfly. I mean, say, yeah. I mean, they're both socially good, but one doesn't need the limelight. The other one likes going out and drawing that attention and saying, Hey, yeah. you know what? So, it, but it's fun. I and mean, it's just you, like all, all three of us, get, we're, we're not the same. Yeah. So you get to have different experiences, right? Like yeah. my younger daughter, and I say this with no hyperbole, I say this with no exaggeration and I take no credit for it at all. Uh, my younger daughter, Maddie is the goodest person I have ever met in my entire life. That's awesome. She truly is. She is. And I, my Jamie and I say, like, I don't know how this happened. Like, cause neither of us <laughs> is close to, exactly. she is the yep. genuinely most, most good person I've ever met. And it's natural. She is an empath. I mean, she detests positive sort of affirmation directed at her in front of other people. She wants to be behind the scenes. And, you know, Nolan, you said, and we had it this last weekend. We were down 4-2 and, or 5-2 and bases loaded. And one of our girls struck out. End of game. And Maddie was the first one. And, and it wasn't, it'll be okay. It was in her face. It was, look at me. Yeah. Look at me. We're good. Right? It could have been any one of us. And that's her. And my older one, wonderful kid. Don't get me wrong. I mean, she's a great kid. But man, she's a lot. And the the sort of competitiveness that she has, right? Mm -hmm. you, we remember the, the money ball line, right? I hate to lose more than I love to win. And there's a difference. And my older daughter, Mia, is like that. She, I mean, the number of games that I watched her play in her career where the team had no business winning, but, and she's five feet, nothing, a hundred and nothing. And it was get on my shoulders. We're not losing this game. You know, I, I got you, but she wouldn't have been the kid to grab the other kid by the helmet and pull her in her grill and say, you're good. Like we're good. They're just, they're different people. And you've got to, embrace those differences if you try and force them into being something they're not first of all you will absolutely remove the love or even the like of the game from them like that fast and i you see that with parents all the time <clears throat> um and you're they're not going to become their best selves they are who they are right they're wired how they're wired we, we can play in the margins like we can do a little bit but they are who they are yeah so I think Mike would agree with me, Nolan. You and Gabby should watch down, dig down deep into that wallet of yours, and dollar ninety nine, and the two of you can binge watch Ted Lasso for them. You guys will enjoy. It, it. is, it, it, it really, it's it's special. It really is special. Yeah. All right, you sold me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's a see how easy it is. See how check easy. My, check my wallet. See if I've bucked. Maybe I got a dollar ninety nine credit on my. Look, man, you can probably get a seven-day free trial. Oh, and you'll watch it in a week because you won't be able to stop watching. Ah, so it's on Amazon Prime, right? Apple TV Plus. Apple, Apple TV, TV Plus. Yep. Okay. Yeah. What else is on yeah. Apple TV Plus that I can benefit from? There's a call. There's another one on there right now called Shrinking, which I like almost as much as I like Ted Lasso. It's oh, Harrison right. Ford, Jason Segel. Um, and they're psychologists or psychiatrists and Jason Siegel's wife has recently passed and it's him raising his daughter. It's, it's, fun. it's like, I laughed, I cried, like the whole thing, it runs the gamut. It's brilliant. Huh. 
All right, I'll, I wrote it down. Yep, we'll check right. that one. Shrinking. <laughs> Good. Shrinking and Ted Lasso. Here I go. Yes, sir. I'm watching Bloodline right now on Netflix, so I'm kind of spent a, a little one. bit. So it's been season this three, one. So. These two will make you feel a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Than yeah. Bloodline. Yeah. yeah. All right. So don't watch with he tells me they watch Bloodline with his wife and then she falls asleep and then she gets mad at him for finishing it. So so don't yeah, worry. Yeah, <laughs> 30 minutes of the episode, and then we're watching the next episode. She goes, What happened to that guy? Well, that was the end of the last episode. So that's yeah. on you now. That's on yeah, you. I, I can't go back. I know, I know. Well, she did that with shameless, though. We were in uh I think season two, just started season two, end of August, and then I got in the sports season. So I'm like busy every night. I come home one night in October. I'm like, I'm going to sit down. You want to watch Shameless? She goes, yeah, yeah. Flip it on. Season seven, episode four. I'm like, what? Yo, man, she was doing the work. She yeah, was. She was committed. Yeah, yeah. She goes, I can catch you up if you want. But no, I, re- so I haven't. I remember a few years ago, my wife was watching Game of Thrones, and I, I had not watched it. And I was traveling a ton. This was uh, pre-pandemic. And I remember, I don't remember what city I was in. But I guess the the Game of Thrones finale was coming on and there was a text in our group chat. Um, so we live in a, a small condo in Philly and it's 750 square feet, 750 square feet, 700, and the lowest 750 is the basement. And we've got a TV set up down there and everything. And Jamie sends a text in our group chat. I am watching the Game of Thrones finale in the basement. I do not want to be interrupted. I do do not want to hear any noise, which means don't walk too hard on the floor. And I'm dying. I'm cracking up. And I I texted the girls. I'm like, yo, she's not messing around. Yeah. I don't think it may be safest for both of you if you just leave the house for a few hours. There you go. Or get to the third floor, one of their second Get to the third floor. Just hide (laughs) up there. Yeah. That's great. So before we go to the before we go to our six pack, I gotta ask this question. Mike, were you at the game when you everybody threw snowballs at Santa Claus in Philly there? <laughs> I got to make money. So, so no, I wasn't. You know why? Because it happened in 1967. Oh, I thought it, it was, was like, 1967. Wow. I'm 52. Wow. That happened four years before I was born. See, I didn't. I, I thought it was awesome. like. Chad, you, you struck a nerve, brother. <laughs> this is the stuff that drives me crazy. It's the laziness. Look, there's plenty of stuff you can mock Philadelphia fans about. And yep. I embrace almost all of it. Okay. It was 56 <laughs> years ago. And I tell Chad every day, do your research before you bring stuff up. <laughs> oh, so I, man. I have, to, I have to. My father was at Met Stadium at a Vikings yeah. game. When uh, he was in the exact same end zone, some guy threw a bottle and hit a referee, and that and so I, that's kind of like the Minnesota story that don't do that. But I, see, I honestly thought it was recently, just because I just heard about it recently. So I figured, well, because because the national media is lazy. Are they? Okay, they're lazy. <laughs> it's the same stuff. Batteries at JD Drew. That was probably twenty five years ago. Okay. Snowball at Santa Claus, nineteen sixty seven. The one I do, I actually do a fair amount. of. I have a couple clients in Minneapolis um, and it is one of my favorite places to go in the summer, not in the winter. You're right, uh, right. And I still, uh, the crap I still take okay. about when the Vikings fans came in, in I was gonna bring uh, that 2018 up. Yeah. to the NFC Championship. And it, look, it wasn't our fault that your team didn't get off the plane. 
All right, that's not on that's not on Philadelphia fans. But yeah. I will also tell you that I walked through Philadelphia Airport that morning. I was up in Boston uh, for work, uh, so I flew up early so I could watch the game, so I didn't have to worry about it. So I was up in Boston for work, so I'm watching the game up there. But I flew, I walked through the airport, and I happened to walk past a plane. I walked past a gate that came from Minneapolis, and everybody's getting off the plane in their purple and gold. And I got my Eagles green on, and I took a ton of crap. I'm sure, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. by the way, I love. Like, bring it, man. Like, that's the fun <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was one. That was one thing I was going to bring up was uh, the media just blew it up. Like, I can't. The Viking fans couldn't believe how rude they were treated, and they were getting stuff thrown at them. And I'm like, you know, Chad and I went to a game. And he, he saw the verbal, not threats, but I got hammered on even after the Bears won. I mean, there were still drunk guys leaving. Your team still sucks, sir, locker. I'm like, okay, you're 10 times bigger than me, so I'm going to keep walking. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. I mean, look, there. I, I will say, as a, I defend Philadelphia like it's my child. Um, and it is my favorite place in the world. I, I don't go to a lot of Eagles games. I don't. Um, I we My wife and I go to probably 26ers games a year. Uh, my older daughter and I, sometimes with my younger daughter, probably go to 20 Phillies games a year. Go, I don't go to a lot of Eagles games because, I, like, I always tell people, well, I'm 5'6", 150, and my mouth writes checks that my body can't cash. <laughs> and there's <laughs> only so, right, there is only so long – I can tolerate racism and homophobia coming out of people's yeah. mouths. Right. And I, the last game I went to second to last game I went to, this is how long ago Tony Romo was quarterback for Dallas and it was an Eagles Cowboys game. And it was a guy sitting a couple rows in front of me and was laying into Romo the whole game. And with an, and all he kept saying was Romo's a homo. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I finally said to the guy, I'm like, look, your homophobia is disturbing. But what really bothers me as much is your lack of creativity. Yeah. <laughs> like that's low hanging fruit, man. Like that's an easy rhyme. Can you come up with some? And I think I just completely confused him. Like, I don't know what <laughs> I just. The whole game incredible. he was trying to figure out what rhyme with Romo. Uh, yeah, it was, incre it was incredible. It's the only incredible. word to come up with, but yeah. But oh, we had talked about being prepared since Chad wasn't yeah, prepared oh, on that Santa That I did get that when we first started the podcast, the NBA playoffs started. And the Sacramento Kings light the beam, right? I think they're the team that lights that beam after they win or whatever. Yeah. Well, Memphis got eliminated from the playoffs. So I'm going into this going, yeah, Memphis, you go light the beam, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and all of a sudden this guy says, Sacramento does that dummy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. So, I mean, we've all done it. Yeah, there's it's no all good. It's there, all good. But... It's all good. I, yeah, no. I'm trying to ignore the this year's NBA playoffs. I don't even remember them. Yeah. Happening. Yeah. As, right. are, as are we. So, all right. You got your six pack ready, Mike? Your favorite got, announcers of all I got, time? I got seven. So, no one, but you got seven. So, you're just I like, no, seven. you guys are I good. Six each. <laughs> like, right. So, who's going to start? Like, I, got, I got 24 of them on my keepers. Too, so, yeah. Well, I got two, two, four. I got five listed over on the right side here that did not make my list. That I want to mention, but I'll do it afterwards in case Mike has them on his list. I don't think Chad has these guys on his list. So, okay, gotcha. so should I start number six? Yeah, you're the visitor. We'll let you go with number six, Mike. 
Oh, I'm going to start here. Yep. Uh, so number six, uh, Beth Mowens. And I don't know if you know who Beth Mowens is, but she, you will hear her constantly over the course of the next couple of weeks. If you have ESPN on, she is the play-by-play announcer for the women's college softball world series. She is phenomenal. Uh, first of all, she's got a great voice, but aside from the voice, she breaks the game down from a play-by-play standpoint. And makes the other, it, it, it makes the job so much easier. I broadcasted games in college, football and basketball, and I did play by play for football and I did, I did analysis for basketball. And when you work with somebody who feeds you um, and just basically all you have to do as an analyst is respond, it, it makes the job so much easier. And she knows, obviously knows the game backwards and forwards, but she breaks the game down in a way that is consumable for everybody, you know, people go back and forth on Smoltz. Um, I love getting into the weeds with Smoltz. My wife was watching the World Series and she's like, I don't understand anything this guy's talking about. He's <laughs> way too detailed. Yeah. And I think Beth Moen sort of is able to break the game down from a play-by-play standpoint in a way that makes it completely consumable. So that's right. six. Okay. Right. My, my six, uh, I went with Dick Stockton. The old play-by-play guy from years ago. Um, NBA, college basketball, just a guy that, yeah, you just love listening to him. I mean, he was, he did a lot, all the final, you know, some of those final games and that was fun listening to him. He's, he's an oldie, but a goodie. Yeah. So Dick Stockton. For sure. Yep. I'm with you on that. So I actually, my number six is two guys because I couldn't, (laughs) and and I believe they're both from Philly and uh, John Facenda and, you know, he did all those. NFL, NFL film videos and he did do some play-by-play and of Harry Callis. I mean, those two guys are, and I probably took, yeah, that's your number one guy. My <laughs> number one. So, so there's no, but I just, and that was just watching those NFL film videos. But then I kind of tried to would listen to some of Harry Callis, those John Facenda's voice, which, you know, oh, just voice. incredible, just amazing autumn wind. So, so that's my, my six A and there you go, Nolan. I, I finally did you once. Yeah. Your broadcasting team. That's yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. My next one's a team duo. So okay. All right. So you want to start number five, Nolan, or you want Mike to do it oh. again? What do you want to do? Yeah, I can go five. Um, I went with um a team that uh sounded well together, take them apart. I don't think they really fed off other guys, but Pat Summerall and John Madden together were uh man. I mean, you listen to him, and I know Pat Summerall, you know darn well, as he's doing play-by-play, as soon as John Madden started talking, he put his headset off, he took a drink. (laughs) All right, now I can go back. Uh, You done, John? So, but yeah, those two guys were just, you know, I I miss those two. I mean, it's it's fun flipping on YouTube every once in a while and hearing them back in the 70s and 80s. It's just gives you goosebumps with those two. So yeah, he, those, are the, those are those are the voices, at least for me, of like my youth in the fall. Yep. yep. Right? I mean, for yep, sure. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll jump right. to number five. I put uh, Keith Jackson, college football, Saturday afternoons on ABC. You know, he, whoa, Nelly. And I don't do impressions very good, yeah. but. Whoa, I, I, Nelly. There you go. Good job. <laughs> He was uh, on my up five over here that didn't make my top that six. Didn't make <laughs> so I, I enjoy watching college football and that voice that Saturday yeah. third. It's the third Saturday in October. We're in Tuscaloosa and we're gonna watch, you know. And I just the guy was I just I missed those those Saturdays. Again, going back to our so 
That's my number five. Uh, so I'm going to do something. I'm going to go back to my number six since you guys have been cheating and <laughs> doing broadcast broadcast partners. Okay, oh, I'm going to okay. do my. I'm taking my number six and I'm adding Jess Mendoza, who was in my top uh, six okay. to begin with on her okay. own, um, okay. because she works the college uh, softball World Series with uh, with uh, Beth Moens and okay. with Holly Rowe and and with uh, a couple of other women. Um, again, when Jess Mendoza was on Sunday Night Baseball. She was so good. Yeah. And then they put A-Rod in, yeah. who I can't who I can't listen to. No. And it was it was such a it was such a bad and, and you you know, I suspect I know why. There are a bunch of cement head guys out there saying things like, I can't listen to a woman talk about baseball, which is just absurd. So Jess Mendoza again, analytically phenomenal, just is able to communicate what's going on at a level that most of us don't understand in a way that's consumable. So that's still my six. Six. Now that you can five. five. <laughs> right. Uh, number five, I'm going to say John Cruck um, because I'm a, again, Philly guy. John Cruck does analysis for Philly's games on uh, the local uh, NBC sports affiliate. And he's just hysterical. Yeah. He's, he's sort of every person. You know, it's just a, a regular guy regular guy. who, yeah. you know, it was one of those guys you could wake him up in the middle of the night and he'd single to left. Yeah. Uh, he was and he was a left handed hitter and he would just take everything wherever the ball was thrown, wherever the ball was pitched. But again, is able to break the game down in regular person terms. And what I love about him is when the team is crapping the bed, there's no homerism at all. It's this is just abysmal and it has to get better. And here are the three ways that that can happen. So that's my number five. All right. Okay. Chad starts four then, huh? Starts four. And that's where I put Pat Summerall. Uh, just kind of that whole, I didn't put John Madden with him. Uh, being that he was the Raiders and the Vikings lost to the Raiders <laughs> in the Super Bowl. I don't. Uh, You're bitter. I, I, we bitter. Are, I'm still bitter. That was 1976. So, I mean, that's. Yeah, but, I'd, I'd be bitter when I'm two years old too. But you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was five at the time. I mean, but, oh, five. Okay. Well, uh, you know, Summerall. He, I think he was. He did it with Tom Brookshire before Madden was there, and I, I can still kind of remember that before Madden was there, the him and Tom Brookshire doing those games. So he's just been always been in that my brain for all these years. So Summerall's my number four. All right. Awesome. Go ahead, Mike. You can do your four. Uh, number four is John McEnroe. Uh, Interesting, for, my, yeah. for my money, the absolute, he is the best analyst of any sport. Uh, knows the game inside and out, can do the men and, and the women's side of the draw equally with, with equal facility. Um, knows the players, but beyond knowing the players, just is able to read situations. It's like he's in their heads. Mm -hmm. Um, and while I was not a, I was not a huge McEnroe fan when he played, <laughs> you know, not too many people were, yeah, <laughs> no, but you know, I mean, nobody's to this day, nobody's had quicker hands. Uh, and he was right more times than he wasn't when he got pissed off. But from an analysis standpoint, for me, he's the best there is in any sport. Awesome. Awesome. I got yeah, my, my, my wife and I work out at a <laughs> athletic club here in Rochester where we live we were working out and she came over and she's like, you got to turn it on to channel three. 
and it was John McEnroe playing Andre Agassi in pickleball. Oh, oh <laughs> and, we saw that. Oh, there you and, go. And Michael Michael Chang was involved, and there was <laughs> yeah. somebody else. Yeah, so, Andy Roddick. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. You got off the treadmill to come over and tell me that I got to turn Great. to this. So she she knows my sports brain. So I love it. I love yeah. it. All right, my number four, going with a guy that's, I believe, retired this year. He did the Masters, a guy that's been a solid play-by-play guy since the 80s, um, late 80s, uh, Jim Nance. So I got he's he's one where just a smooth voice, just uh, doesn't doesn't do the screaming like you hear some of these radio guys or ESPN guys that are just screaming through their mic. And but no, he just does the play-by-play, and I mean he does a great job and whoever works with them, it seems like they all jive together pretty, pretty easily with Jim. So I'd like, it, that would be one thing. It's like do, being a play by play guy. I would love to sit in with one of these guys just for one game. And I probably wouldn't say a word because I didn't want to talk over him, but yeah. he would be one where if, if I had a choice, I'd pick him to sit down with and do a game with, I think. Okay. All right. So that's fair. Um, my four number three we gotta do three and i hummed and hawed and i'm like okay this guy deserves to be my number three and i picked al michaels just because of the do you believe in miracles was watching that game at home in 1980 with my parents and i can still remember it and he's he's done he did the twins first world series win and all that sort of thing so that's kind of my my memory of him so i, I think al he was the double there. doink guy too i think no was i don't he? think he was no yeah. but yeah. al michaels was on my five over here that i didn't okay. get in my so you're we're on the same I mean, page the most, yeah it, it's the most iconic call in sports isn't yeah. it yeah absolutely yeah I, I mean it just it just is i yep. you know i can't believe what i just saw that's fine do you believe in miracles yes is the most iconic call ever yeah yeah well i got a better one that's coming up all <laughs> so, right yeah. <laughs> For me, for my homerism coming up here. So fair enough. Oh, I hope it's not who I think it is. Anyways, three. <laughs> I'll go with three here. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the guy that's passed, uh, passed away. Um, they did baseball for God knows how many years. It was a duo, John Miller and Joe Morgan. Yeah. I mean, that was a guy. If they had technical problems and no screen was on, you could just listen to him. I mean, they you could. They basically play by play to the point of you didn't have to watch the screen yeah. to find out what was going on. I mean, they yeah. gave you the info. They gave you everything that they needed to. And Joe Morgan was a guy that, yeah, when he passed away, that one kind of hit. It's like, man, I'm not going to be able to hear his voice anymore. John Miller, the same way. Both guys worked well together, just like uh, John and Pat. So staple of Sunday night baseball on ESPN. For yeah. Years. Yep. A lot of years. I, I hear Joe Morgan's name and I still think of, I was a lefty, like Morgan was a hitter, and I still think of that wing. Like yep. he would get into the back box, and that back elbow would flop up and down. Uh, my number three, is, I think, is, is somewhat polarizing, but uh, Dick Vitale. Yeah. And somebody, somebody just said, without all the screaming, I think Chad, it was you that we, or was it you, Nolan, talking about Nance? Without all the yep. screaming, I mean, Dickie V was—he's a show. Yeah, um, absolutely. And there are moments where it got to be, it gets to be a bit much, but you know, we talked earlier about when <clears> you <throat> care about something and when you're prepared and when you have passion and he oozes all of those things. I mean, he loves what he does and he'll tell you about it all the time. So that that's my three. 
There we go. <laughs> no, they want to start number two. Yeah, number two. I'm I'm going to give you a phrase, and you got to guess who my number two is. Okay. Because at the end of every game that this team was winning, Chick Hearn, the game is in the refrigerator. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling. That'd be Chick Hearn. Yeah, see. I didn't even have to hear the. I didn't yeah. even have to hear the. Oh, <laughs> good old, good old Lakers. You know when you're watching those guys to the '80s and the. I mean, they're they're my team. You know, it, it's funny when we say we when we talk about, hey, we just drafted this guy or we did this. It's like there's no we. I mean, I bought a jersey. I guess I'm part of the team, but oh. yeah, no, Chick Hearn was. Uh, yeah, when when he stepped down, it's it's kind of like the PA guy at Staples Center. When that guy leaves, I mean, I don't know if you know, I don't even know that guy's name, but the doing the PA announcing the lineups, it's just like when he announced That's Michael true. Jordan, it's just like, and from North Carolina, Michael Jordan. Yeah, I'm just like the only announcer probably that would, you know what? He's just like any other visitor that's coming into this place. We're not getting too excited over Michael Jordan, but here's magic johnson i mean it so chick hearn was my number two that's a great one had a great cameo in fletch right <laughs> yes absolutely yep. Yep. six five six nine with but, the afro yeah yep. six, nine with the afro so there you go there you absolutely. go uh i'm gonna so round number two don't you don't do it take my number one chad i'm gonna i so my number two i I, I put jack buff is what I put. Not not Joe Buck, but Jack Buck. Just uh, no. Joe don't make the top twenty five. Joe didn't no. make my list. And I apologize, Mike, if he made yours, but just not he a did not. Nope. Uh, nope. You know, again, the I can't believe what I just saw was when the Dodgers, when Kirk Gibson hit that home run, and then uh, watching the ninety one World Series, Kirby Puckett made the huge catch in the outfield, and then came up the next inning and hit a home run, and Jack Buck said. We'll see you tomorrow night in the place. I mean, it was just crazy. And my dad and I were yeah. just jumping up and down and just, uh, just having, it was, it, it's an awesome, awesome. And he had one of those voices where it wasn't, you know, he'd get a little excited, but he wouldn't get Dickie B excited, but it was just, right. uh, just, yeah, just true. Just really loved the game. So it was just fun to listen to him. And, uh, I did have Dickie V on my list. And then I went with the Harry Callis. John Facenda. I had to take Nicky D off. So I thought he was great. So that's my number two. Uh, my number two is Gus Johnson, uh, who I, I say all the time, Gus Johnson should broadcast every single game that is on in every single sport, every <laughs> single day. He is the most prepared person you will ever hear on a game, whether it's TV or radio. And there is a, if you can hear a twinkle in somebody's eye in their voice, I feel like you hear it with Gus Johnson. Um, I just, I love the guy. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let me just start number one. Well, cause I know who it, I know who it is. He hasn't told me, but I know who number one is. Yeah. You well, and it's, and, and as you say, Mike, um, th this guy is just, well, the, I, I, the Dodger home run, the Kirk Gibson home run, I was watching that on TV when Vin Scully made that call. And it's just Vin Scully has always been one. I went out to Dodger stadium once uh, against the uh, Phillies a few years ago. And that was my goal was like, I'm going to meet Vin Scully. 
I'm going to meet yeah. him no matter what. So, I mean, we're walking around. We did the, the stadium tour. We got there early and I'm like, Hey, any way we can get up and meet Vince Scully? No, no, not, not a chance, not a chance. So, I mean, and I think with Vince Scully game time, seven Oh five, I think, and that dude came in at seven Oh three, sat down at seven Oh five and went, all right, here we go. Dodger fans. And he was a guy too, that he can, he had stories every single game. I mean, we seen his media book, his media book was about that thick talking about Pedro Guerrero's, um, home life. And I mean, it just stuff. He just pull out of the blue, like, wow, we're watching a baseball game, but we just found out that Steve Sachs did this when he was in high school or, you know, like how I bring up these old Dodgers, but yeah. So I love it. I don't know. Vince Scully's my, uh, my number one and always will be my number one. Nobody will jump over him. Perfect. Perfect. Mike, you want to go or you want me to go? Sure. No, I'll go. Um, you stole my number one, but I'm going to bring it in here anyway. And that's Harry Callis. Uh, Growing up, my first, second, third, fourth, and fifth loves on the planet were the Philadelphia Phillies. Still kind of, I mean, some other things have taken their place, but they're still very high on the list. <laughs> and Harry, Harry Callis is the voice of my youth. Yep. Um, he broadcasted games overwhelmingly with Richie Ashburn. And you never knew, and they called Richie Ashburn Whitey, and you never knew what Whitey was going to say. You never knew if he was just going to go silent for a while. And... Harry Cowles did a lot of things on a national level, yes. uh, but his, I still remember being eight years old, 10 years old, 12 years old in my room, falling asleep every night, listening to Harry and Richie in the yeah. summer. And for me, there is, there, there are very few memories that I hold more dearly uh, from my youth than listening to those two guys broadcast again. So that's uh, so Coming off of that, my number one, same thing, Mike, is Herb Carneal. He was the Twins radio announcer for many, 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 many years. And this this brings me back to hanging out with my grandpa, my dad, and my brothers. We would go fishing in Lake City, Minnesota. It's about 30 miles from where I live right now. And just my dad would turn on the radio and it was staticky, but you could hear Herb Carneal's voice, beautiful day for baseball, and then, you know, and it, it like Nolan's Vin Scully and your Harry, it just brings back those childhood memories and just, uh, yeah, just uh, passed away a few years ago. Fortunate enough to meet him, uh, 80, I think it was 1987, it's him, and we had this famous Wally the Beer Man that was, they were all at this twins, kind of twins fest thing, and uh, just a great guy. Sounded like a great guy, was a great guy, took his time and shook my hand and all that stuff, and you're starstruck, you know, so I it was pretty well, cool. I think you could probably go with a duo on that, couldn't you? Herb Carneal and Frank Quillacy. Wasn't yeah. Frank Quillacy is yeah, yeah. But I know Herb Carneal was the Herb's voice was just yeah. I yeah. mean, he Frank rarely talked. I yeah. mean, he uh rarely did he did he speak, but and but Herb Carneal's voice was just that bellow. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, so that's awesome. Who you else? Know, three guys, three guys yeah. I did okay. did meet three broadcasters with Dan Gladden, Roy Smalley and Ron Coomer got a chance to boys got pictures with them and three cool guys that I thought, you know, growing up watching them play baseball was kind of cool to see those three. And, you know, they sat out in right field at that. I got a chance to get up and to the booth and meet Dan Gladden, which he drives through Hedinger every other year to go to Sturgis. But 
I gave him the open invite to stop in at the radio station one block <laughs> off the highway. Still hasn't taken me up on the offer yeah. yet. But still waiting. Still That's a waiting. name I haven't heard in a long time, Dan Glad. So, Dan so Glad, I, I, my brother, my oldest brother lives up in Buffalo, Minnesota, and actually rides motorcycle with Dan Glad. Oh, so huh, I, okay. yeah, knows him. They like hang out together. So he's a pretty decent Don't, guy. You better jump on your hog and get up there then, buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. My minivan's not going to make it up that way. <laughs> <laughs> Take him to Balta. Come on. <laughs> so, it, Mike, did you have any others you were contemplating on the list? Or, I mean, there's yeah. so much of them, but there's, that's the thing. Is just, I mean, Nance was on my sort of other side of the list, Al Michaels, because while hockey is the sport of the sort of big four that I follow the least – I am completely and totally obsessed with the 80 Olympic hockey team. Absolutely. It's one of the first sports memories. I've been born in 71. One of the yep. first sports memories I have. Um, but there's just. There's so the many. Stuff there. that gets rough is when they're bad. Uh, yeah. Oh, the other one who I think is phenomenal is, is Roma. Actually. Uh, again, I, I love, I don't know. Yeah. This is folklore. I don't know if this is true or not, but. When Romo started doing games, I think they start with the NFL Network, I think. Yep. Uh, and they basically so. told him to stop predicting everything that was happening. <laughs> yeah, because he was nailing everything. Everything. And yeah. there was no surprise. And yeah. I don't know if that actually happened or not, but it was so much fun. I still think it's so much fun listening to him uh, analyze what's going on because he's almost always right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was fun. Yeah. Chris Berman never made any of our lists either. Chris Berman. Dick Enberg and Frank Gifford, three guys yeah. that that are icons in the sport. For me, Berman's Berman's thing got old. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, agree. he did. Yeah, I agree. Know. Yep. I agree. What about Cosell? Yeah. Yeah. Howard Cosell, yeah. I, I I had him on my list. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't put make it there. Um all time favorite football studio show was Brent Musburger. Uh Phyllis yeah. George, Herb Cross, and Jimmy the Greek Schneider. I mean, that was like Jimmy the Greek Schneider. Yeah. yeah, you know. And yeah, Greek... that thing that thing went sideways. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and my one quick story. Um, I don't know if you guys NBA finals, Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, and Lisa Salters. <clears throat> we went to the Lakers Nuggets um Western Conference Finals many years ago. It's a buddy of mine. And we're there before the game and we go down by there by the broadcasters. And I'm like waving at these guys. I'm like, Oh, there's Ben, there's Mark Jackson and Mike Breen. I'm like a kid in the candy store over the sports casters while Kobe and all these guys are out on the floor. And I'm like, that's Mike Breen, man. Yeah. They're like, what the hell? So I get Mike Breen. Total sense to me, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Complete sense to me. So I get down there. I'm like, hey, Mike Breen, can I get your autograph? Get a picture with you. Yeah. Yeah. Not a brand. And he's probably thinking, the hell's wrong with this guy? You know? <laughs> so we get to talk and he finds out I'm in radio, blah, blah, blah. He says, yeah, I grew up. He said, you got to call Jeff Van Gundy over. He signs my Western Conference final ticket. Got Jeff Van Gundy on it. We're talking. And I'm thinking, the guy I want to meet now is Mark Jackson. He's standing. 20 feet away from us and they're like hey mark got a couple guys from north dakota here come on over and meet him and he kind of ignored us a little bit and you could just tell the arrogance of mark jackson when you were standing there going he ain't coming over here yeah. so then van gundy goes over and grabs him by the arm hey you got to meet these people from north dakota oh, well after awesome. the game after the game i'm like 
sweet. So they're like, come back after the game. So I told him, buddy, I'm like, we ain't going to meet any of these people. Afterwards. <laughs> so we play, we play the game, get it over with. We're on the other side. So we walk all the way back around and we're standing there. And Jeff Van Gundy goes, Hey, North Dakota, come here. I'm like, wow. After three games, three hours of play by play, he remembers these guys from North Dakota. We get down there. They're talking with us and, and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you to meet Mike, Mark Jackson. So he starts walking by. It's like, Mark, come meet these guys from North Dakota. Walks right by us and says, I got a bus to catch. See you later. He walks out and Mike Breen and Van Gundy look at us and they go, he's on the same bus as us. <laughs> so, so you know where Mark Jackson was. It's kind of like, you know, a little disappointment, but then I thought, oh, maybe Whatever. I didn't want to meet him. You yeah. know? Nah. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. like, yeah. Yeah, Nolan, I'm cracking up. We were in you're laughing about being excited for the sportscasters. I don't, I can't remember what year this was. It was the first year that Theo Epstein was the GM for the Red Sox. And a buddy of mine had Phillies tickets where they, he sat in the row behind where scouts would sit when they come, came to watch games. And it was, it was probably, it must've been mid to late August. So before September 1st and Red Sox were in town and Theo Epstein walks by, walks right by me and I lose it. I'm out of my mind. I'm like, I'm elbowing my buddy Dave, like, oh my God, oh my. And he looks at me, he's like, you realize you're the only person in this building who gives a crap that Theo yep. Epstein is also in this building. I'm like, they're all wrong. That's yep. Theo Epstein. Come yeah. on. Yeah. We're it's not so well people is what I'm taking well, away from this. Well, I did that with, I took my boys to the chiefs bears game and we're sitting there and all these guys are Jay Cutler, all these guys, Matt Forte are walking by and you know, they're not going to give you autographs. And all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy in a suit walking. I'm like, that's Ryan pace. The boys are like, Oh, that's cool. I'm like, Ryan, Ryan, can we get your autograph? So my kids got their autograph. I'm taking pictures. And this one guy says, who was that? I'm like, that's the bears <laughs> GM, man. I mean, he's like big deal. like, Oh, I thought like he was like an injured player or something. I'm like, no, <laughs> no he was. So to me, it's, it's not only about the players, but it's like guys like, well, Ryan Pace ended up turning that whole. We all know what happened to the Bears after Ryan Pace got there. But guys like Theo Epstein, um, Dan Gladden, guys like that, that you think, wow. I mean, you get a chance to meet them. It's like they're, they're pretty cool in person. Some of them are. And yeah, Mark sure. Jackson, he shot it for me that night, but. I still got to see, uh, you know, meet Jeff Van Gundy and Mike Breen. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Look, there's a reason Mark Jackson hasn't gotten another head coaching job. Well, Correct. that's true. true. And nobody wants to meet Jay Cutler or get his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> hey, best quarterback in Bears history so far for yardage anyways. <laughs> Which tells you all you need to know. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So Jay Cutler had that, you know, I could sit here and just – like, I don't care. Put a cigarette. I mean, he never did, but they always had those memes where he had a yeah. helmet on and cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Like, I really don't want to be here. Yeah. But yeah. True. That's true. And it showed. Sorry. No, I got, I just got to rip the bears. There's no it's way. Right. I'm it's all right. I, I remember when Cut, the Cutler got I, the best of Harrison Smith on the goal line for the touchdown. Oh, I, remember that. I can't, I can't rip Philly because all of Mike's teams have always taken the Not today. play yeah. Give so him a minute, but not get a question. So no, what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts? Is he the real deal? Yeah. And Is I it, was the guy jumping up and down two years ago 
um, thinking, I'm not, it was, there was never a question, waist down, incredible. Mm -hmm. Neck up, incredible, like phenomenal, phenomenal leader, incredible athlete. But it was the arm strength and it was the accuracy. And it turns out that can improve fairly significantly with, with meaningful coaches. And he's just, man, forget about the football stuff. And he pretty clearly is a phenomenal football player. Yeah. Yeah. He's as good a dude as there is his entire management staff, women, the whole management staff, everybody that represents him, women, over half of which are women of color. He's giving people opportunities. He's not just talking about stuff. He's a guy that really is making meaningful change. Yeah, his um, sports agent is a woman, which yeah. there was a big article on her saying she just got the biggest ever sports contract in NFL history. And it's just kind of like, yep. cool. I mean, that yeah. was that was cool. Yeah. yeah, he's legit. He is. He's as good as advertised. I mean, he really, really is. And it's it's man, it's it's fun to watch him play. Yeah. So you weren't sold on him, though, when they first I wasn't. Came. No, I wasn't at all. Um, and I cannot believe I'm blanking on his name and I'm embarrassed. Uh, the Bears quarterback, Justin oh. Fields. I oh, can't believe I, I, oh. I can't believe. I'm, so I followed, I remember watching Justin Field on QB one on that show on Netflix when he was in high school and sort of fell in love with Justin Fields when I watched that. And when Hertz, I guess, had just finished his first year and all, I was like, I would try and trade down with the Bears, give the Bears the pick and take fields, take fields off this, off their hands, give them hurts, give them a pick and let's move on. And I was, man, was I wrong? Although I think it's hard to tell with fields because there's no offensive line and there's no real right. talent on the offense. Well, we'll find out this year, Mike, you'll find out more this find year. Out this year. Yep. Yeah. When we're sitting at eight and one halfway through the season, <laughs> gotta be going, ah, you know, I should have listened to you, you know? Yeah. yeah. But- so, Last football question, and then uh, anything you want to finish with. But do you, are you buying the Lions hype? And remember, I got the I can make you leave pretty quick. But everyone's on the, the Detroit Lions bandwagon. Are you, ask, are you asking me? Yeah, yeah, asking you. I know Nolan's. No, no. I got I got two words for you. Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, okay, Michigan boy. Well, look, I, I hated the University of Michigan until January 29th of 2021 when my daughter, my older daughter got in and that's where she just finished her sophomore year. Uh, <laughs> so I like I'll root for the Lions now because I don't care. And they're, you know, I, but am I but buying the question it? is my nine, nine, and, <laughs> nine and seven, yeah, nine and seven. I mean, they're not much better. They're not much better than that, are they? No, well, six, I, we didn't eight? think they're better than six and eleven, but <laughs> yeah, so. I thought you were going to say two words and Jared Goff because that's what I've been saying for the last two years. But uh, uh, yeah, so but uh, anything you want to add before we? uh, Because no one has been our in in history. This has been our longest show in podcast history. Well, that's great. It was no score. Seemed like it was that long. But (laughs) what happens when you get a lawyer on here, man? I can't shut up. (laughs) I know who to call if I get in trouble. (laughs) Well, you got to call somebody better than me. Why, okay. Yeah, don't get in trouble. I never get in trouble, so I shouldn't have to worry about it. So. Yeah. No worries, son. Yeah, people ask you advice all the time. What should I do? What should I do? And you'd say, I'm my not- favorite. My favorite question and my favorite answer. My favorite question is somebody's doing a will. Can you help me with this? A family member, close friend. And I always say to them, I, I can't. 
you know, this is just not what I do. Aren't you a lawyer is always the next response to which I always <laughs> respond when your wife was pregnant. Did you go to an orthopedist? Because they're both doctors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, wow. Yeah, that was I, I will have you back, Mike. I promise you. I would but love to come back, man. Famous, we'll, we'll have you back. But maybe even before that, I, I enjoyed it. This was a great talk. This was super fun. Super yeah. fun. Yeah. So what's what's well, enjoy your vacation? Right? Yeah. Just a little vacation. Is that what you're doing in Florida this weekend? No, I'm at the, I'm in I'm at the Jersey Shore. We rent a place oh, for oh. for a bit during the summer, and oh. typically what happens is uh, Jamie and I hide down here during the week, uh, unless I'm traveling. And both of my girls work during the summer. My older daughter's working for the Phillies. My younger daughter works at a day camp, uh, so they both you know they they're totally self sufficient at home, and then they'll come down on the weekend. Uh, but this week is a little bit wonky. And uh, so I'm down here with my daughter, my older one and, and her boyfriend, and we're just chilling and we're just going to hang out and just I, I a you whole said, hell of a lot of nothing. Oh, there you go. I thought you had said you were in Florida. And I was like, Oh, no. that's uh, what I thought he said too. And you yeah. said you were, I think he said he was on the shore or something. I said I was at the beach was, at the beach. Yeah. yeah. No, the gray, I, the gray and the white ceiling looks like it's Florida-ish down it there. It feels <laughs> beachy, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah this is there exactly. You there you go. Well, good deal. Good deal. Yeah, well, hopefully that. your Phillies can turn it around. I mean, they got a lot of money invested. So you want to see me cry before we're done? Is that what you're trying to accomplish here? <laughs> Just yeah. trying to poke the bear, you know, uh -huh. see if we can get another half hour out of you. Consider yeah. me poked. I yeah. just we could talk flyers too if you want. Philadelphia nope. Flyers. Or... No, nope, we're good. Mm -mm. Let's stick with the Sixers and the Eagles and we could Phillies will come back. No, nope. or we back. could we could poke at Chad and talk about the M the uh WNBA links. There's Owen eight, Owen six. Starts, yeah, uh, something like that. Uh, Are they? Uh, it, it just brings back Timberwolves memories to us. So just let's stay off the. <laughs> like Mike said it earlier, I'm done with the NBA this year. I'm done with the WNBA. Yeah. I'm gonna stick with my Twins. They're playing pretty well. A couple of their guys are hurt. I, What's I Correa's deal? He's got plantar fasciitis just like I do. So that's just oh. him and in the same boat. We're gonna. We're going to limp around. He's probably going to start. This... Go ahead. I was just saying, you're basically the same people. Yeah, yeah. We're pretty much. Yeah. And I'm he's thinking just... he's going to start playing before Chad's going to start being back at 100%. Probably. <laughs> well, now. Physical therapy is probably <laughs> yeah. a little no. bit more intense. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. And you got to get out of jail, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's For real. Never been Facebook jail before. So we're going to three days. Three days of jail. That's crazy. It's only a matter well, of time. I'll get people riled up for the next three days and then when you come back on you'll have a lot to read so i love it there you go there so you yeah go. make sure you like us on our uh on our facebook too for sure for sure absolutely all righty well we appreciate it mike and uh got it again hopefully i get to see you yeah. speak again at some point and i'll come up afterwards and introduce myself and so that would be awesome i might send Lindsay, who used to be my former assistant i'll send her up and I'll just say, tell her to say, Chad says hi. See what if she's going to be in Vegas. Please tell her to say hi for sure. Okay, I will. I will. I totally awesome. will. Awesome. So, awesome. so well, good awesome. luck out there. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks we're, again. Yeah. We Thanks so much, guys. This was a yeah. blast. Okay. All right. Thanks. Talk awesome. to you later. We'll talk to you yeah. during football season when the Eagles start off like four and zero and <laughs> hype hype is up and not with this schedule, not this year. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Take Mike. care, guys. Yeah, Great right, weekend. Bye-bye. All right, so there you go. Mike Cohen this morning. Awesome.
So what else are we going to, we got, we covered kind of NBA, NHL. Yeah. Kind of covered everything. We're running on two hours here. Yeah, we better, we we better call it quits. And uh, (laughs) no, this was fun. That that was a good interview. Yeah. I'm really, I, I, no one, I took a lot. He's like one of the first people I've ever heard that I actually like took what he said and took it back to my organization and it works. You just gotta, to me, it was, it was a, he was an amazing speaker and uh but i think because he kind of related it to sports and life and all and so i think that resonated with me a little bit more than than yeah. some of these NASCAR folks that yeah got you know so yeah. but let's stop so all right so we've got a month full of interviews coming up yes, so yes got uh we're gonna, next week we're going to talk about uh uh got a guy coming on talk about the big pickleball rage that's actually going on and i is it going on in Hedegar or not? This I, I didn't um, know. Him I talked to him yesterday. And he's actually from Minot, North Dakota. Okay. Yeah. So probably I probably in the state, but we don't do a lot of pickleballing in Hedinger. Okay. But uh, kind of that whole, he was a tennis coach for many years and now he runs a athletic club here in Rochester. So okay. uh, him and I share the love for old fashions. So we might have to talk, talk a little bit about old fashioned drinks, okay. you know, and, and then, then we uh, may have the GM from the Bismarck Larks, possibly. Okay, got that rolling. And then we got a, there you go. I love, yeah. that's a sweet hat. That's a, that's this a hat real, or, I don't like that. I like this one. I like, I like the B. It's kind of, well, it's almost like the Boston Bruins, but uh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. So, yeah, and, we've got, uh, if anybody watch this and comment underneath here, well, maybe we'll got a couple uh, free hats and I've got some tickets to bismarck clark games so well you have to live in that area or else you could you can say hey i want them yeah i can mail them to bismarck fargo minot wherever you're listening from yes perfect uh, you can use it for any game in the in the season so sweet awesome yeah underneath he'll be uh that's an exciting he'll be a fun guest to talk to as well talking to a gm of a baseball team so kind of fun um we'll hopefully get him he's he's not set for this time he can do it at 10 central time or no 11 central time i think which i could which i could do i mean we could certainly do that but we'll we'll figure it out we'll get it done so okay sounds good big plans for the weekend quick weekend uh not till friday um we got actually rummage sale on this weekend they got the big citywide rummage sale going on one man's junk because it wasn't another man's treasure right there you go there you Uh, go that and then sunday afternoon sometime heading out to fargo um see my oldest boy and we might make a trip down to hankinson to the sports book slash casino oh okay to maybe throw some money on the nuggets for game two and then uh yeah that's about it i got sportscaster meetings in fargo on monday tuesday perfect perfect yeah i got uh just we're heading to fairmont minnesota lily's team plays tomorrow it's two hours west We'll play an hour game and then come back two hours. So, hey, there you go. Looking what, forward to that. What's what parenting is all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stop somewhere and have a nice lunch in some small town cafe. Nothing wrong with yep. that. Yep. There you right. go. Like an eats and treats or something or a something. Who knows? Something. So, yeah. yeah. It's not quite a dairy queen, but it's something else. You know. There you go. Well, you uh I'll I'll get her downloaded. You're gonna have to make all the announcements on uh facebook for the next few days oh yeah yeah i'll get everything out for you all righty hopefully get back soon buddy 
Yeah. And then you got yeah. my you got my going out song ready to go or not? Or did you get it? No, I don't. No, I thought you did. No, I I, I yeah, I'm good. We were gonna play just jail. Sleep with uh just sleep with one eye open. Yeah. Don't, you know. Don't bend over for the soap and all that stuff. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna quite say that. <laughs> no, they're a family show. All right. Yeah, no. no, I've got an ad going. I got do have a song coming up here, but yeah, other than that, um, Nuggets with the sweep or five. We'll see. Vegas, Vegas with Vegas and five. I'll take Nuggets and six. Okay, I'll go Panthers. I'll go Panthers and then just to be opposite of you. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. Have a good day. You too, my friend. <laughs> Coming down the door, began to swim. We should have heard him laugh without a jail bag sleep.